You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. This is your host, as always, from Movie Lovers Unite, John DiGorio, and I just want to sit, talk about something real quick, and that is Audible. What is Audible? I'm so glad that you guys asked. Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audio books, ranging from bestsellers like Anne Rice, Stephen King, the list just goes on. Their whole entire catalog, when it comes down to audiobooks, is just fantastic. If you're on on the road and everything and you want an audiobook and you want to download it fast, go ahead, go to Audible. You're not going to regret it. They actually have a trial right now that you guys can actually jump on. You can actually go on ahead, go to the link, and it'll bring you up to that trial. And a matter of fact, every month, members actually get one credit to pick any title plus two Audible originals from a monthly selection and access to Daily News Digest from the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and the Washington Post, as well as guided meditation programs another thing too guys that's not all they have they also have they also have finish if you actually want to go ahead and do some things to actually better yourself for 2021 they have stuff for that too like finishing more books or becoming a better parent leader or a person how-to books which is something that everybody seems to grab onto a lot lately and everything else. So if you guys are actually looking for something to maybe better yourself for 2021, go on ahead, check out those books as well. They have a big catalog. You guys won't regret it. Go ahead, click on the link below in the description notes. Go on ahead. You guys won't regret it. Sign up for that trial period. And always until next time, stay safe, guys, and enjoy the show. And God bless. Well, hello there. This is Louis, a.k.a. Louis the French Manette, and I'm here to talk about my podcast channel, Schmozer North. On my podcast channel, we find the Frenchie Talks About and the Frenchie Watches. On the Frenchie Talks About, we talk about anything. We can go from anime to women in priesthood. There's a subject for everyone. And the Frenchie Watches is simple. We watch a movie and we deep dive into the psychological meaning of that movie. Uh, So we really try to find a new angle on the movies you love. All right, so go take a look and enjoy. Bye-bye. Movie lovers, and welcome to the show. For today's podcast, I'm actually going to be doing something a little bit different, something that I really am a fan of, and that is a show that I grew up with in the 90s. And I remember watching this show on Monday nights with my friends, with my family, and this, not to mention, this TV show also was one of those shows that aired during Monday Night Football, and also, too, it was just one of those shows that people would actually jump back to, back and forth, between maybe the halftime, maybe between commercials, just to catch a glimpse of, and everything, but for me, on the other hand, Monday Night Football was a big thing, but... On the other hand, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air was the big thing for me. And, you know, 
when I first saw this show, whenever I first saw it air, I never would have thought that this show would be as big as it is or was during that time. This was the rise of Will Smith. This was the rise of DJ Jazzy Jeff. This was the rise of all those talented actors and everything, too. Like, for instance, the actor that plays um, Carlton, for instance, Alfonso Ribier. If it wasn't for that show, he wouldn't have probably been on Dances with the Stars or America's Funniest Home Videos or anything like that. And also, too, you also have a big-name star like James Avery who plays Uncle Phil and everything, too, in the show. This show is just fantastic. It's so relatable. And just re recently, they did a 30-year reunion show of this. And I have to say, I laughed. I cried. This was like an Emmy Award nomination show as far as a 30-year reunion goes. Or you can even rank it up as far as an Academy Award-winning show versus an Emmy Award nomination for this type of show for a 30-year reunion. And I'm happy that HBO Max actually went ahead and gave us this because... Like I said, I grew up with this in the 90s. It has that nostalgia factor to it. Not only that, but The Press Prince of Bel-Air also was one of those shows that was able to actually take things serious, but also make things funny as well. And not to mention Will's character is one of those characters that come from the rough streets of Philly who has to move in with his aunt and uncle from from fresh from the Bel Air, which is in California, and these are like upper class people. These are like upper class rich people, and things like that. And here he is, this guy who's from Philly, from the streets of Philly, from the main streets of Philly, who doesn't really look like he fits in with his family, and he becomes a relative. At first, he's just a relative that's coming in because he made some trouble while he was in Philly. And his mom sent him down there to try and discipline him. And whenever this season this season actually ends, he doesn't just become a relative anymore. He becomes family. And that's something that I really loved about this show. And not only that, the transformation from Carlton as well. I feel like from the moment that Will steps into this house, we're introduced into Carlton's world as well. And it shows the different size from the both of them, from their two perspectives. Where Carlton is all up, where he's up from the golf courses and stuff like that. Will has that mean street, Philly type of thing. And Carlton is just so different from Will. And then before you know it, Carlton starts being exactly like Will. Where Will actually teaches him something and Carlton also teaches him something. So I really love the transformation of the characters, even whenever you look at Aunt Viv and also Uncle Phil, too. Yes, Will is actually learning from Uncle Phil and Aunt Viv, but also, too, Will is also, also rubbing off on them just a little bit as to some of his ways as well. And it's all about a learning circle within this whole entire series in itself, which is something I really like, which is something that I really gravitate towards whenever I was a kid, which I didn't even realize it at the time until I got older as to why I loved the show so much. And of course, matter of fact, I felt like I was actually family with watching this for six years and actually growing up with the show. 
And so, anyways, another thing, too, I want to mention is this. This is actually a black comedy show in the 90s. And, you know, don't get me wrong. We have Boys Meets World and everything where it actually taught us the importance of life and things like that with Mr. Feeney and things like that. But that, from an African-American, someone of color standpoint, there was no nothing on the small screen, TV screen during that time that you can actually say that represented the African-American community or anything like that of people of color. With this show, it represented everything that you wanted and everything. And I feel like people were able to, African-American people of color could actually relate to this show. And another thing too is, what I liked about this was it was a six-year run. This also aired in September. I love hearing the backstories of how these actors and actresses came up from the show and things like that. The audition tapes was really funny. And, you know, I'm going to get to that in a few minutes. But the learning cycle of the show in itself is really good. You have them tackling on race, for example. Especially whenever you look at whenever Carlton and Will are on a road trip and they get pulled over by this white police officer and the white police officer is basically being, well, he's being racist. And Will is telling him step by step what he needs to do because Carlton just thinks that the cop is just his buddy, his friend, because that's what he was accustomed to. That's what he grew up with. And he's telling him, Carlton, put your hands on the steering wheel do not have your hands anywhere else and the cop winds up telling him once he sees the cop and everything Carlton winds up going hi Carlton Banks here and the cop goes put your uh, hands on the steering wheel so there was the ad aspect to where you know Carlton was trying to where Will was actually trying to teach Carlton from where he was and where he stands on as far as police work goes because it changed his whole entire perspective around Carlton's perspective of what the law enforcement was actually like. And it goes into that whole entire thing. Even then, you know, Uncle Phil is pissed off at them for not doing what needs to be done done at the police station or anything like that. They weren't represented by a lawyer. They weren't uh, being treated equally or fairly or anything like that. And they call, and of course, Uncle Phil's also a judge. So he calls, so they call, so he calls them out on their own bullshit. But the Fresh Prince was, in a capital letters, a black show. One of the very first times you see Will in his new Bel Air digs, he's dancing in front of a Malcolm X poster, and he only starts paying attention to his aunt and uncle after he finds out Uncle Phil and Viv both attended civil rights protests in, at Selma in 1965. The Fresh Prince was a guide on everything from racial profiling, police brutality, to interracial dating, and rashly basing hiring policies for many young black viewers. It'll be the first time they see these problems depicted on screen, and for many more viewers. The Fresh Prince just managed to have been the first time you saw a black family on television, like I mentioned. And 20 years may have passed since the Fresh Prince ending, but there are still a few shows that can match it for talking on racial issues in such an accessible way. Not only did they actually touch on that, they touched on sex, they touched on just about everything that you could imagine. But 
let me go on ahead and get into the Fresh Prince of Bel Air 30 reunion, 30 year reunion. Then I'll go back to what else the show actually covered and me remembering from a standpoint of my time of me watching this show and actually what the show actually covers. But like I said, this show, of course, is six years of being on TV. Alfonso Ribier is actually the one who plays Carlton. Tatiana Ali plays the little sister. Karen Parsons plays the older sister. Then you also have Marcel Daphne in this as well. Then you have Maxwell Reed, Janet Herbert, and the OG Vivian was also in this 30-year reunion, which I'm so glad that we actually get to hear her side of what actually happened. Why she was let go. What happened on that set of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air after the third season. And I'll get to that too. But, you know, what I liked about the very start of the uh, of this reunion was when Will goes on ahead and puts that light back on and the living room is filled up again with all the furniture. Because the last time, 30 years ago, or 27 years ago, that living room was empty. It was like they moved. And it was like they were separated from each other for all that time. And now here they are, back in the living room again, talking about all their memories. It was a perfect throwback to a 30-year marker. It was a perfect time to actually do this. It was a perfect time to actually just go back, revisit everything, and also to cry a little bit, laugh a little bit, talk about some of the drama that went on within the set itself. The moments that they had with each other. This show is just, this 30 year is just fantastic. I couldn't even ask for a better 30 year reunion than what I got with this. And yes, I am being a little emotional right now with this. But, you know, but uh, get this though. Will didn't even know how to act whenever they actually found him. A guy named Quincy, I forgot his last name. Uh, winded up watching a couple of his concerts with him and DJ Jazzy. And he knew right then and there that he wanted Will for the show. But little did Will know that Quincy was going to invite him to his to his house for an audition. And, you know, they're over, Quincy's over there drinking and stuff like that, beaking, wetting his nose or uh, wetting his beak, as Will would say. And... He's like, you know what, Will? You're going to be on a show. You're going to be the star. And this is going to be your audition. And Will's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just here for a party and everything. I don't know anything about acting or anything like that. Give me about two weeks and I'll go ahead and I'll give you and let me get a acting coach. And then I'll come back and audition for you. In the way that you need to be auditioned. And he said well. That's all fine and dandy and everything. But here's the thing. The executives. Everybody's here to sign off on this tonight. And at that time I was around September I believe. And or August. Somewhere around that time frame. And Will said. Okay. He realized how big this was going to be. He realized that Quincy wanted to know if he was in or out right then and there. And he put Will right on the spot whenever he really didn't know that he was going to be on the spot. But Will said, okay, give me about 10 minutes and I'll come down and I'll audition. 
and he did. And right then and there, the Fresh Prince was made. And also, too, you know, he comes back on an airplane from, I forgot where he was at exactly, over at Quincy's house, but he flies back over to Philly, where DJ Jazzy is. And, of course, they're on tour. He tells Jazzy, he goes, I'm on, sh- I have a show. And DJ Jazzy's like, wait, Will, what do you mean you have a show? You, We just saw you leave, and now you're coming back and telling me you have a show. And, of course, like Jazzy said, when someone says from their neck of the woods or in their neighborhood that they have a show, it just means some dude with a camcorder that and everything, and that's their show. But, no, this is a big, huge deal. This is a big deal for Will. Big deal for Jazzy, of course, because Jazzy's actually in the show, too, which I'm glad that they actually incorporated his friend and everything in the show, too. And also, too... Will was also the type of person that would actually remember everybody's lines because he was not good with dialogue or anything like that. So he could actually play Aunt Vivian. He could play uh, Carlton. He could play the butler, for, Jeffrey, for example. And, you know, I thought that was really impressive, but at the same time, it's not that impressive because even he doesn't like the fact that he's even out there on TV where you could actually see his lips actually moving. To show that he's actually remembering the lines of other all the other co co stars, and the, um, another thing though too is even the actress who plays the older sister tells him, "Well, stop that," because in the uh, in the reading, it was getting to the point where it was getting on her nerves, where he would actually, if you actually notice, he would actually read their lips, and well, didn't read their lips, but he would actually know their lines. And also, too, this also happened when Don Cheadle, a young Don Cheadle and him, were supposed to be, like, best friends. His friend was from Philly visiting Will. Will's remember every single line that Don Cheadle had. And it got to the point where he actually had to stop doing that. So I was, I'm very impressed that he actually remembered everybody's lines. He even knew that he wasn't the top-notch actor that he is now or anything like that. But he knew he was going to be big. Everybody knew that he was going to be big and everything. And I'm not, you know what, I might even have to say Will probably didn't know at the time that he was going to be big, especially after the pilot, because nobody knows how big a show is going to be until, like, later on, after maybe the second or third season on how big it will blow up. But still, and then also, too, you also have Michael Jordan sending in uh, Jordans to my, my uh, to Will two weeks before the actual release date of the shoes, and... To see those shoes being advertised and everything ahead of time and it has a way of actually making it a bigger deal than what it actually is. Because here's the deal. If you see certain shoes on a celebrity, you know that you're going to probably try and get those shoes. And for Will to have those shoes on before anybody else got their hands on them, to be able to test out and see what people thought about those shoes was a big deal back in the 90s, not to mention the fact that MJ himself sent over those shoes two weeks beforehand, before the release date of those shoes being released, was a big deal, because now you have kids who see these shoes, who are wanting to have the same shoes that Will Smith has, and it, and it's easy to market that way, which is actually a smart advertising um, experience, though, whenever you actually think about it. It's actually smart advertising PR, if you actually think about it. Another thing, too, I have to laugh at is Carlton. 
the um sorry I'm just calling him Carlton but Alfonso showing up on audition with a tracksuit on was hilarious because Carlton's the opposite of the guy in the tracksuit and everything he would matter of fact the way that I would actually think of this is I thought he would actually audition with like a sweater or something like that um like a tennis some tennis clothes or golf clothes or something like that that Carlton would actually wear but no he ends up wearing track like a whole entire track outfit and everything like Adidas and stuff like that like a Adidas track uh outfit which is totally opposite of what Carlton is. I thought that he might, it looked like he was trying out for Will Smith's part, if you actually think about it, if you would actually put it in that context. But still, he managed to get it, and so did, now get this, Tatiana Ali, the one who plays the little sister in this show, she wasn't even sure that she was even going to get the part either. It was uh, when they asked her, you need a rap, and she was, what? I need to rap? I don't know how to rap. I don't know anything about rapping. And then that's when she does the whole entire prayer at the table, praying over the food and rapping. And then Uncle Phil's looking at Will like he's responsible for that because he's not used to his daughter acting the way that she actually acted at that dinner table. And it was such a clever scene. It was such a good scene. Yes, it's cheesy and stuff like that. Even the actress actually acknowledged the fact that it is cheesy. But... It worked. It was it really worked for during that time. And that's something that I have to say that I really enjoyed about. You see, I always love hearing about backstories, about how some people auditioned, how actors and actresses auditioned for certain roles and how they got those roles, how many people were lined up to play uh, the role of Carlton, how many people were set up to play the role of the older sister or Amphibian and stuff like that. I love hearing the stories about that. And then, of course, you know, I love what they did with the Emorium for this show, though. Um, the Emorium for for Uncle Phil was just great. For James Avery was just fantastic. I cried like a baby watching this because of how realistic this was. And... Also, too, how, like I said, it's so relatable because of the fact that for six years, we've seen beef between Will and Uncle Phil. We've seen Uncle Phil teach Will. We've seen Uncle Phil hold Will whenever he needed him the most, especially with that whole entire scene with his father not wanting him in his life. And, you know... I can relate to that in a big way, but I'm not going to get go there. But, you know, it's just so moving to actually know that, you know, this was not just co-workers. This was a family. Regardless of the fact that, you know, they just worked together on Tuesdays or whatever time that they actually read the scripts. It felt more like a family than anything. And that's what I love about hearing stories about on the set and behind the scenes. I love hearing the fact that it felt more like a family. There was hardly any drama going on or anything like that whenever I hear about things happening on a set, on a different set or whatever. Because, don't get me wrong, there are things that happened on this set that was drama and everything too. That was mixed in with the laughter. That was mixed in with the crying and the drama and all, everything else to go in within the show itself. I also love the Carlton dance, which Will said that he could never do the Carlton dance. I also 
about the breaking of the third wall. And even Alfonso said this. He said there was no show that actually broke the third wall. And they were even scared about doing it. But they did it in a smart way when Alfonso's just losing his mind over something that Will is just upset over. Next thing you know, he starts running around, going crazy, crawling on the floor, dragging his uh, self across the floor, going uh, running onto set after set, going where the audience is. It's just funny, man. It's just a funny bit that they actually did, and it worked in its favor. The only thing that I can say that, that actually did it was either Saturday Night Live or Jay Leno do, does the breaking of the third wall sometimes whenever he was on or when Saturday Night Live would do it. But that was just for show or whatever. But for a live audience, for a sitcom to do it, was totally different, totally outside of the box. And it worked because of what Alfonso did, what he, Alfonso brought to Carlton is the reason why it worked so well. And also, too, I love the bit where Will goes, we're so rich, but we don't have a ceiling. And all you see is like the studio lights up above. That was so that was so funny. That was probably the best thing that I've seen in a while. Then also too, I want to also mention this. There's a couple of episodes that I really have to say I have to talk about. Like there's also the one uh, one where these hustlers are hustling money off of Will and Carlton at a pool game. And all of a sudden, Uncle Phil comes in to the picture. And he has to try and win back Carlton's money and Will's money against these hustlers. And he cleans house. He doesn't just get Carlton's money back. He gets he winds up taking it all. And I love the pool moves that he did and all that. I also love the whole entire thing where Will is... I, I forgot what Will and Carlton did. But they go to the strip club. And they're dancing to jump on it. And... The dance that they do is funny and it's hysterical. He throws Carlton, he's spinning Carlton around in the air and all of a sudden he just lets him go and he flies. It's supposed to be him flying, uh, letting him go and flying into the audience and everything, but we all know this is a dummy. But it's, it's just so funny about how that worked. And then another funny bit that I loved is at the golf course when him and Uncle Phil are golfing with a couple of his buddies, uh, uh court buddies and stuff like that. I love the golf scene with that, especially with Don't Worry, Be Happy. I love that. To me, that was actually perfect. Like I said, the 30-year reunion will make you laugh. It'll make you cry. It will make you just gasp for air. And another thing, too, that I have to say is this, um, is the fact that with the amphibian drama, and this also was another thing that made me cry. And, I, and um, for, the simple, for the simple reason is this. Janet Her Herbert will always be the OG Vivian in my heart. She, was, she brought such charisma, such ele electricity to her character. She was funny. She was el elegant. She was, uh, she was just fantastic. She was authentic, and she, get this, she left during the third season. She was never fired from the job or the position or anything like that, but what makes me so sad and everything, 
was the fact that Will at that time was like 21 years old. And, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. It's one of those things where as you get, you wish that you could actually change or the things that you once knew, you wish that you can go back and revisit again to do things differently. And that's exactly what this situation is. And I love that Will, now that he's older and wiser, he goes back to the old G Vivian and to Janet Herbert. And he just apologizes to her, apologetic, genuine apology to her for treating her the way she that he did during that time on the set. And it brought, I mean, I was bawling like a baby. When, as a matter of fact, I'm still a little emotional just talking about it. But, you know, like I said, she was just one of those people, those actresses that just brought something to Aunt Vivian. And I'm not saying that the other actress didn't bring anything to Aunt Vivian because she finished off the rest of the years with Will. But Aunt Viv was just so dynamite, you know? But... She was going, the actress was going through an abusive marriage. She was banished from the set. Her name was ruined. Will ruined her name. He, she, he said that she was destructive on the set. And that was actually the worst thing that you can actually say to an African-American woman on a set of a TV show or a movie or anything. Because African-American women or African-Americans in general are someone of color wasn't that's actually one of the biggest mistakes that you can actually say back then and even now because of the fact that no one would actually work with that with an uh someone of color after that and you know it just sucks that will did that and will owns up to it he owned it and that's what i like i like the fact that vivian didn't uh, the actress who plays and vivian uh, janet herbert didn't have to go in there and say what are you apologizing for are you apologizing because you got caught? Or you're apologizing because you're legitimately sorry for what you did and you also realize what you're sorry for. And it's apologetical. It's very apologetical. He owns up to the fact that he messed up. He was 21 years old. He was a hothead. He was threatened by the world. And when, matter of fact, this is actually his quote. He said, I was threatened, but not by you by the world and it, it was like everybody wanted him to be a certain image and it scared the hell out of him and he felt like the world was against him so in order for him to be against uh, to fight against it he had to be rough just as rough as what the world is and as someone that's that i can actually relate to that too as someone that was 21 years old, don't forget, us males, we can be egotistical. We can actually be stubborn. We can actually be mean when we when we, when we we are. And then by the time when we reach our 30s and stuff like that, we realize that the things that we, sh uh, that we said when we were younger and everything, um, we shouldn't have done what we'd done, what we did. So, you know, that's just one of those things of life, you know. And also, too, he said, I was not, he said, he also said this, he goes, I didn't understand from your standpoint back when you were pregnant and everything, I was not the best person 
to comfort you whenever you needed comfort because I didn't understand what you were going through. But now that I know what you, what you went through back then because I went through it now, I would have comforted you a lot more than what I would have because he's gone through one divorce. He's got kids. He has a second marriage now. And it's the things that we once knew that we know now that we wish that we could actually go back and change. And I like the fact he takes responsibility for his actions and how apologetic he is for what he did. And then, you know, Janet goes on to the uh, set and she sees the new Aunt Vivian and they sh and they hug, they embrace each other. And it was like they were best friends for years on the way they did that. And it made me cry my brains out. I'm not going to lie. I was very emotional during that time when I was watching that. Just watching them embrace each other. It was like they were friends. It was like something that... It was like two family members who haven't seen each other or known each other for a while. And they're, and they're actually coming in and just embracing each other. Uh, another thing that I want to bring up is... There's a scene where Joffrey, I think, is watching Jeopardy. And this is not even part of the 30-year reunion. This is part of me remembering this scene. And Joffrey's getting every single one of those answers right. And Joffrey thinks that he's very smart. And he's proud of himself. And then he walks off. And then Will takes out the VHS tape. And it was a copy of the show from the day before or whatever. So, I liked how he actually pranks Jeff Joffrey on that. And I also liked the other thing where he dresses up like a big, huge peacock. Or Carlton dresses up like a peacock and then he's kidnapped from the uh, fraternity, from the other fraternity from another college. Like I said, this thing, this goes from six years between them going being in high school in a, a private school to being in college to being an adult. And... Also, too, I want to actually say this, too. Aunt Vivian, yeah, she was electric. She was actually someone that wasn't afraid to throw down, regardless of the fact that she was elegant and rich. When it was time to throw down, she was going to throw down. She would take off her uh, shoes. She would take off her necklace. She would take off her earrings and ready to ball. That's what I liked about her character. She, she was a tough woman. And then also, too, the older sister went from being kind of fragile and everything else and had a transformation later on within the seasons to where she became a tough African-American woman on TV. And that's something that I liked. And also, too, I also want to mention this as well, is the fact that back then, um, African-Americans African weren't allowed to actually give their ideas or insights on certain things when it came down to movies or being on set or anything like that or if the scene if they can actually do something different within a scene so basically they were just puppets just doing whatever the directors producers told them to do and that was it but with Prince, Prince of Bel-Air they were able to actually get rid of cut the strings and let them do what they want to do and move the way they want to move and everything and give them the creativeness that they actually need. And that's something that I feel like that is very special with the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. So now, let me go on ahead. And let's see. 
there's something else that I wanted to actually catch up on. And here's the thing. I know before I mentioned the whole thing with the race, but here's another thing that they actually taught on was the sex. All members of the Banks family wrestled with sex and relationship problems throughout the series. Carlton and Will were always trying to hook up with the hot characters, actresses who turned up that week. And that's actually true. I actually remember, I forgot who the actress's name is or anything like that. But I remember there was a snotty girl that Will was attracted to. And she was rude towards the waiter, rude towards Will, rude towards Aunt Vivian, rude towards Uncle Phil. She was also someone who demanded attention, especially when Will would look away when she's talking and she goes, look at me. And yeah. And I don't blame Will at the end of that episode where he actually just leaves her there and tells her off and I really like that um but like I said even they try to hook up with the hot characters actresses who turn up that week even Uncle Phil and that Vivian's sex life got put under the microscope most uh notably in season uh two episode the big four oh where Phil gave one of the most romantic speeches a husband can give his wife and then you fast forward to, uh, to season three and Mama's baby, Carlton's maybe. And Carlton tearfully confided in Will that he that he was a virgin only for his cousin to calm him down. Carlton would eventually lose his virginity to a married woman who no less and one of the tall of the all time. Oh, I live a live studio audience moments. The woman of the Banks family spent many in an episode fighting off dinosaur notions of sexuality too. And by the end of season four, Hillary had, uh, had posed for a playboy and Ashley the talk with both Will and her dad. Their take, men are all dogs. Fair enough. Like I said, Hillary uh, posed for a playboy and then Ashley had the talk. All the birds and the bees and stuff like that, which was like the most awkward situations that you can actually think of whenever you're trying to explain how sex actually works whenever it comes down to kids. And I thought they actually touched on it very well. And then also to the sexuality with um, Carlton being a virgin and Carlton just breaking down to will. And also to fatherhood, they actually broke down to fatherhood. Um... Like I said, the most memorable episode of The Fresh Prince has to be season four's Papers Got a Brand New uh, Excuse, a.k.a. the episode where Will's father finally comes back. That's the one I was telling you guys about where I broke down because Will's father comes back into his life out of nowhere and he wants to start being a father again and then the father winds up standing him up and then this is not even part of the acting or whatever, Will forgot his whole entire line, so he actually had to use Uncle Phil as a way to actually do the whole entire acting bit. And I gotta tell you, when you see that scene, it'll break you down because of the level and the intensity that he actually brings to that. Then it also captures friendship. It also has class. It teaches about black history. It teaches you about everything within the African-American culture, not only their culture, but also just in about being, of having class in itself, about being, doing the right thing, how that is actually class. Uh, 
Matter of fact, in early episodes, Will wasted no time calling out Phil, Carlton, and Hillary on forgetting where they come, came from and losing themselves off from the black community with all their money until he eventually realizes calling a black person and an Uncle Tom's is one of the most harmful things that a person can say. It all, it all came to a head in season four, Blood is Thicker Than Mud episode and Carlton slapped down a black frat brother for calling him a sellout. Being black isn't what I'm trying to be, it's what I am. Why does it all matter? Because of the fact that we're all taught throughout our times about right and wrong. We all go through struggles, we all go through life, we all go through things. And The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is one of those shows that Gave light on every single situation that you can probably think of. And they were able to bring something to it. Another thing that I want to mention is to... When you see Carlton and Will for that last and final moment. And when they're dancing. That shows you the acceptance. Acceptance. Anyways. Of uh, Carlton and Will. Will finally accepts Carlton for who he is. And they embrace in a dance. In the Carlton dance. One last time. And then Will shuts off the lights. After the end of the episode. To assemble a goodbye. And then all of a sudden. Carlton goes. Hey who turned out the lights? And. That was the end of the show. That was the end of an era. That was the end of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And the end of one of my favorite shows on network TV. The 30-year reunion was fantastic in its own way. Like I said earlier, it brought a level that we haven't seen before on network television. Not only that, but with 30-year Marker, Will was able to go ahead and make up with Janet and put the band-aid on that wound and help heal him and her. They were able to say goodbye to Uncle Phil one last time together as a family. They were able to actually laugh, cry, go talk about all the drama and all the fun-filled stuff that they've done on the set, the readings, and everything that they put into this, all the blood, sweat, and tears, and even amplifying the, the audience up before the set. Will will go in there on the set, come, in, come out there where the audience was, does his rapping and stuff like that, and that would actually amplify the the whole entire audience. Another thing too is DJ Jazzy. I loved every single time he would get thrown out of the house. Especially the scene with Uncle Phil. He said, we eat at five. You eat here never. And Jazzy looks at him. He goes, you look like you eat here all the time. Next thing you know, he gets thrown out of the house. They actually did 250 takes, I believe. Is what Jazzy said. And they knew, the audience actually knew whenever he wore that shirt. He was going to get thrown out of the house, no matter what he did or said. And, you know, they actually decided to use the same scene over and over again, so that way they didn't have to keep uh, abusing him pretty much. But still, it's still a funny bit. It still works today. This show 
is nothing without the cast and crew. Like Will said, one thing he notices is chemistry. And that's what he was good at, is noticing the chemistry. Without the chemistry, without the cast, there would be no Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And that is it. That is what the Fresh Prince is. So, with that being said, that is the end of my 30-year Fresh Prince review that's on HBO Max. You can actually check that out on the, on the HBO Max app. It's a fantastic uh, reunion if you're interested in the, um, in the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. If you haven't seen the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, they actually have all the seasons over there. And you can probably even... What I would recommend is this. If you haven't seen this show in a while... Go in on a fresh take, watch all six seasons, then watch the reunion. Get it adds a certain flavor to it. That's how I would actually recommend it. But if you're someone like me who couldn't wait for the 30-year marker, go ahead, watch this, and then go back and wa- revisit everything that you grew up with and all the nostalgia that you grew up with. And let me know what you guys think. I'm sorry I'm a little emotional with this. I'm sorry about that. It's just something that has something in my heart that engraved in me. And this is me being honest. So if you guys enjoy this review, tell me what you guys think. And as always, until next time, guys, bye-bye.